0: Shhh! <laughs> episode number 39 i'm your host brendan carrion and today i'm joined on my left by adam sink what up adam
1: hi everyone how are you
0: and uh, once again coming at you with the toothpaste blue shirt we got ben motherfucking bailey what up
2: what's up it's metal it's metal shirt man so that's
0: pretty metal yeah it's like you're so me- you're so metal you've just given up on black yeah, man. Yeah, I'm going say yeah. I'm like the hipster he doesn't metal guy. Care now. what people think. Yeah, I'm so, the hipster metal guy. I'm yeah. saying he are, has gone beyond wow. what people think.
1: I'm over here in a corporate shirt, so wow. I can't be dishing out any insults to anybody.
0: Sweet. Hey, so uh, and we are also joined by the warlord Amanda. What up, Amanda? Hey, Ben.
3: Hello, hello. Killing things, you know.
0: Well, it's good to see everybody here. We got a lot on the agenda today uh, at Full Metal RPG, so I guess we'll get right into it. Today we're going to go ahead and talk about what happened at Crit Hit 2017. We're going to give you guys kind of a rundown of some of the games we participated in. I know you're all dying to hear. I love hearing about other people's games. What do you guys think? I like hearing about other people's games. I like I like talking about gaming just in general. So. Yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I love hearing about other people's games cuz I like to get ideas and I like to get inspiration. So today we're going to talk about the games that we played and some of the things we took in at uh Crit Hit 2017. The warlord Amanda's here to help us out with that. What we've we been up to lately. Before we before we get to crit hit what have we been up to lately who's got something
2: i feel like i'm a broken record but vampire giovanni chronicles <coughs> Giovanni Chronicles, right yeah it, we, it was unknown whether this was going to be the last session of the first book or or not and it turned out to be the second to last session of the first book because we couldn't finish it um, but that was due to mostly uh, cool scenes and cool role playing. Yeah, yeah, we um, ended
0: up having a pretty good session for role playing, didn't we?
2: Yeah, the the sort of l- the, the lines of the party sort of been delineated. Some people decided they'd rather support the founders of the Camarilla. Others of us have decided that we would support the conspiracy of Isaac. It's pretty pretty awesome. It was a pretty
0: interesting uh, scenario when you're getting into it because I spent the week leading up to the game reading the actual Giovanni Chronicles book and it has all these little tangents in it about well if the characters go with the founders this is what happens if the characters go with the conspiracy of Isaac this is what happens If the characters just go out on their own this is what happens but at no point does it say if the party splits this is what you should do so basically we ran in a little bit of a little bit of both
1: that's because you never split the party everybody yeah, knows that. it, that's it,
0: role-playing but- 101 that's D D one hundred and one. That's role playing one hundred and one. That's D D one hundred and one. Vampire, the party always splits. And in, in vampire, is there
2: even a party? Half the time, there's a coterie. They're supposed to be. There's. I, I feel like. I feel like. You either get the sort of the realistic group where people just kind of split off on their own, or you get like the super friends kind of like let's go fuck shit up group. And I'd rather be in the other one. <laughs> the the uh, the FSU group. No 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 no. The like let's let's. Do our own thing, the like characters, you know. Yeah. Like. So you want to
1: play like a complex character with his uh, own inner life, who yeah, has exactly. his own motivations and may not necessarily go along with the crowd, as opposed to somebody who's just "I'm going to murder with my buddies and and we're going to be a murder troop and kill everybody." Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're playing the game wrong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's good to know. Quit, quit playing it wrong. Thanks. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind for the next session.
0: Adam and I have very kind of you know. By the time this episode comes out. We'll, it'll be a couple couple of days before Gen Con. I don't know, I'll be packing up our bags, getting ready to gen, hit Gen Con, and so we have received our copies of the V5 Alpha Playtest.
2: Uh, just, just to ask a question, is there any pedophiles and or rapists in this uh, one?
0: W- we can't really talk about what's in it. Okay. We've been instructed not to talk about what's in it, but yeah. I will say in the most ball-teasing fashion that I possibly can that it's a lot better than the first one. It's Sweet. really good. It's really, really good, and I think that people who finally have a chance to take a look at it will be very, very, very happy when they start seeing it. Yeah, uh, it it Sweet. would almost yeah
1: it would almost have to be better than the first one. But um, it I I ran the first one and I enjoyed doing it and I had a lot of fun with it. But
0: all I have to say to all the crybabies who were up in fucking arms about about the pre alpha was, yo, a it was a pre alpha, b it's a play test. That's why you do the play test so you can fix the fucking problems. And they're fixing the problems. So, fancy that. The world is not ending, guys.
2: Now, this one's not available for everybody just to go grab and download, not is it? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. It will be not after
0: yet. Gen Con, I think.
2: Probably not yet, yet. Yet.
0: But right now, it's super secret. That's why we can't tell you anything about it. <laughs> what what, <laughs> what I will say is that, what led into this segue is that there there will be new incentives provided to keep players in a group in 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 what's going in, in what is going to be V five. Really it looks like. Oh so, so that is kind of interesting. I'm pretty I'm pretty interested to see how that goes. Um Amanda, what are you up to? Playing games?
3: Since crit hit, nothing really, sadly enough. Boo! I know. There's
0: board games that kind of cross
1: into the role-playing game kind of territory.
3: Um, There are some, but I've been playing those. But you yeah, haven't
1: been playing those. Okay. I was trying to throw <laughs> yeah. you a lifeline, and you just batted it away. I'm like, no, I want the sharks to eat me. I don't
0: uh, like you. The what sharks y- can try. What, what, they can try. What about you, Adam? What have you been playing?
1: Um, Not a whole lot, honestly. It's it's. I've been uh, doing Gen Con prep and reading and haven't played anything since Crit Hit. So, fair.
0: So in the greater gaming world it's been pretty crazy, huh? I mean, I think with Gen Con coming up, there's just been like a lot of craziness going on. This uh hashtag RPG a day twenty seventeen, right, guys? Mm. You've been following this on Facebook or on Insta? It's pretty interesting. Been trying to stay yep. on top of it. Some good reads for that. Anybody read anything good with that?
1: Uh, Jim Miller had some interesting stuff on the on the crit hit page where he talked about <laughs> games that, <laughs> that left a mark on him and I start to understand more of his ethos towards gaming as as I
0: read his story. So, How about you, Amanda? Anything? You read anything good on the internet?
3: Mm. I've been putting my answers, I guess I should put them on our actual webpage. But uh, who was it? Chris Zach was like, hey, let's do this with a White Wolf spin on his page. Did oh, you I see that? Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, I put some answers up on there with that, just, you know.
0: I saw that you you wish you were playing Werewolf. I didn't know you were a
3: werewolf player. Werewolf was fun. I missed werewolf. What, what? Werewolf one? Wild West? I think so, yeah. It yeah, was, yeah, it was Werewolf Wild West. Yeah, six it wasn't shooters
2: and cowboy hats. Wasn't there were, ages. it was probably Wild West.
3: I think there were.
2: Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a pig farmer. All
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that
1: That might be... That setting appropriate if you watch deadwood there was a, a pig farm in that show
0: it's pretty funny i got the quorum book recently i know i told you guys this. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows the saga the quorum book at this point but i got the quorum book and so i was sitting there li- leafing through it and i was like i want to see just how badly sink got boned on that role or if he's just been making a big fuss for like the last like 15 years so i busted out the table again and i looked at it again right and literally pig farmer is like the worst one on there it yep. <laughs> is the absolute worst one on there and there is literally like a 2% chance of getting it everything else is better even the other mundane classes there's like merchant like historian like astronomer like there's all sorts of kind of like interesting stuff that like you could be like okay well i can i can t- i can take this and run with it in regular direction and then there's and then there's the one that you got which was peasant slash farmer and I'm just like 2% chance. I'm like son of a bitch. It's, it's it's the same odds of getting the assassin which is what I got as getting peasant slash farmer. Pretty great. Sorry, so sorry <laughs> about that. It's,
1: it has been a great story throughout the years. It really has. So it was, it, it was almost worth it from that standpoint. It totally wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> my pig.
0: My pig. Um, Killed my pig. <laughs> so, uh, in other news, the homie James Vale has been killing it on Kickstarter. Mm. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. James Vale has been killing it on Kickstarter. Couple I think he's episodes, one of two that I'm supporting right now, I think, yeah. correct uh, Correctamundo, you and me as well. Um, so, a couple episodes back, we did a, uh episode all about listeners who are designing games. And in the meantime a bunch of our listeners have released n- new games. So I think we're probably going to revisit that that ground here that sounds pretty rockin'. soon, right? James Vale who at the time was pushing a game called Nightmares of the Dead Dreamers and I remember I said I don't really care much for the title. He has retitled it. Uh it's now called Zoss or Kala And it is available on Kickstarter, and Homie funded that thing in like three days, like three days, like boom, boom. And so now he's working into stretch goals. The cover art looks sick. He put together a super slick Kickstarter, like it's all like a point. Yeah, it looks really good. It's all laid out. You can tell he's got some like serious graphic design chops. Along with those illustration chops and those writing chops that he's got. So I pledged. I know Ben pledged. Adam, did you pledge? I think we all pledged really high.
2: Yeah, I pledged. I think high enough so that, that I could get a print because I was like, I want a print of this art. That sounds pretty yeah, rad. I got that too. <laughs> I got that too. I think that was seventy-five dollars. Seventy-five. Yeah, I think that's what I
0: meant. Seventy-five. I want. I wanted to. I wanted to dig deep for the one fifty so I could have like my face or whatever in the book. But I was just like, I just, I just don't have it with being right here. I just hereby, didn't want to punish the readers of the. Book like that. (laughs) It's a horror game, Adam. It's true. Is it because you're too beautiful? (laughs) You're too beautiful to behold? That's that's exactly what it is. Would have thrown the whole thing? Anyway, so there's a little uh, uh, press release here from James's game company that he started, um, which is uh, Atramentous Games. And let's see. I'm going to go ahead and read it because I said I would. Right on. Alright, it says Zasercala RPG launching Kickstarter campaign. James Vale, an indie game designer, is about to launch a Kickstarter campaign for his first project, Zaserkala. Zaserkala is a tabletop role-playing game with a hardcore survival horror experience. It draws upon satanic themes such as black metal and left-hand path philosophy. The world is a desolate land of surreal horror, a world wounded by psychic warfare, mind-controlled cities, interdimensional labyrinths, and wasteland tribes. You are the alien here, the last survivor of your species. You must find a way to survive. As the flagship RPG of Atramentous Games, Zosser Kala uses a custom rule set called the strain system, which is considered a narrative style of game system, but designed to play like a board game, where the game itself is challenging. Players have to compete against their stress scores, which increase and decrease with various risks and actions the players take. Quote, This is not easy, says James. Either you play intelligently, or the game will destroy you. End quote. A basic version of the rule system is available to all Kickstarter backers even for small pledges. There are optional add-ons, a setting generic version of the book and the full book in digital, softcover and hardcover versions for $15, $20 or $30 respectively. There are also exclusive t-shirts and signed posters of James Vale's artwork. For more information, you can visit Zostercollab page at www.attrementisgames.com and we will link that in the show notes but i highly recommend getting on that fucking kickstarter guys by the time this shows out you'll still have maybe about two weeks to do so i've talked to james and he's very stoked and we're very stoked for james so congratulations man congratulations Congratulations, james yeah we're looking forward to the game we're looking forward to the game has anybody made any recent purchases 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 when you guys buy anything
2: well i think you bought me something fairly recently Oh, I did. Yeah, I was out yeah. in L.A. and
0: I found something for you.
2: Thirty dollars hardcover, Slay Industries. I mean, that's pretty rad. Yeah, right. When you
0: see that thing on eBay and everybody's always trying to get like a buck twenty for it, right?
2: Yeah, there's been some like some really beat up copies. They're like, I want fifty bucks, and it's like you can see it's totally thrashed, and like you're like it's gonna fall apart the moment I open it up. It's like yeah.
0: But I was at one of my secret treasure troves out in L.A. just very recently, and I was going through the stacks, and I saw that, and I knew that Ben was looking for it, so I picked it up. Yeah,
2: thanks for that, by the way.
0: Dude, anytime. Anytime. Let's see. I just got the Coriolis core book. Just It literally came in the mail just today. I haven't even had a chance to flip through it. So I'll be looking at that. Probably, you know, I'll be allowing that to distract me from my uh, uh, Gen Con preparations. Um, and then I did also pledge a Kickstarter called uh, Spring. The, I think the game is called the Spire, but for whatever reason they named it kind of kind of weirdly. Like yeah. it's awkwardly. It's the the title of the Kickstarter is Spire RPG. And if you don't type in Spire Space RPG, you can't get to this fucking thing. And it's this crazy sounding game that kind of flips the narrative on the Drow a little bit, where the Drow are kind of these underdogs who are seeking to overthrow these like shitty high elf guys. Who have, live in this kind of creepy Melnibonean type city that, uh, that is actually like a giant column, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, mm. and it's uh, it is the spire, I'm assuming. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's like they're they're sort of subversive and and uh, it looks looks fun. The art sick. There's a sick ass map of the of the
0: spire, and it looks looks fucking great. So I played that as well. So Zasarkala spire rpg and uh you know i'll be out in gen con here in a week stoked to do some hunting for some hard to find shit and beware gen con retailers coming. all right guys we think take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll get to, to the meat of this thing oh, that's great that's great speak. Move em on Head em up Head em
1: up
2: Move em on
0: Move em on Head em up
1: Rawhide Cut em out Ride em in Ride them in Cut em out Cut, them out. Cut them out Ride em in Rawhide here to talk about crit hit 2017 a gaming convention local here to phoenix uh so we're going to kind of go through this day by day and break it down and i think up first you were the first one who had something going on at crit hit right brendan a recording well, with
0: the, the yeah. crew. yeah we got we got there early it was a good time because we got to set up our gear and um the Wrecking Crew and Full Metal RPG was kind of teaming up to do uh, an episode. The episode was about doing a podcast. And so we ended up actually recording... On my gear because uh, Josh from The Wrecking Crew, his gear wasn't working, which is hilarious and ironic considering it's about the technical aspect of recording a podcast. I ha- I've been really shitty about getting Josh his uh, the files because he- I need to get him the files and I just haven't <laughs> sent them to him when he has a chance to edit that. You'll probably be hearing it from us as like a bonus episode. You'll be hearing it on them. So if you subscribe to Podcast Reckoning, you'll probably hear the episode twice. But you'll hear the episode one way or the other. Um, and that was really fun. I had a good time hanging out with those guys. And then immediately you and Ben and Justin Sorois all came down and we
1: recorded right we did and that is already available on the page so if you want to listen to what we discussed and get some really great insights from justin as a creator uh you can go listen to that yeah shout out to
2: justin uh first time meeting justin the homies rad yeah he's a great guy i
0: had a blast i can't wait to see him again the next step i think is for me to go out and visit him in baltimore because he was telling me about the creative scene that he's got going on out there in baltimore i just gotta see i gotta see it right on um, but yeah, if you guys want to check out that episode, it's on the, it's on the feed and we've got some pretty good responses from it. People have, people have responded pretty well to, to what Justin had to say. And then, then you were feeling kind of the wrath of the lunch. So you had to peace out. You had to, you had to go, right? Yes. And yeah. So Adam peace out and I was like, um, oh, I'm, I'm going to power through it. I'm a, I'm a podcasting madman. And I went and I rented up Ken St. Andre. Who was around. And I
2: grabbed Chris Gray.
0: And you grabbed Chris Gray, who happened to be in the hallway with nothing to do. And I was like... Uh, for those
2: who don't know, that guy is the creator of uh, Happiest Apocalypse on Earth.
0: Correct. And Ken St. Andre is the creator of Tunnels and Trolls and uh, Stormbringer. He yes. Wrote, yes. Stormbringer, for Christ's sake. And so and he happens to be sort of like a local area guy. He's like a local area legend. And he's, so he's at the cons. We had him. Chris Gray was at Crit Hit talking about Happiest Apocalypse on Earth and demoing it for people. I was like, this is going to be great. We got two creators. And then womp, womp, then my shit didn't work. <laughs> and uh, I could not, I mean, I rebooted. And I was like, I mean, my computer was, was like frying hot. And I think that that's, that was largely what the problem was. And I mean, I was like, I had one of those like shitty moments that you have in podcasting where you're like sweating because of your lack of professionalism. And you're just like, oh, God. And I, I, I eventually had to turn to these two guys. I'm like, I'm sorry, dudes. like, we, it's just not going to
2: happen. It ain't going to happen. So... Then we broke. Hung out with Ken Saint Andre.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was like the that was the part of the con that was like completely <laughs> <laughs> unexpected, right? Kind of random, but kind of awesome. We it went, was
3: cool. We had lunch with him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we went to lunch with Ken Saint Andre at Taco
2: Bell. So Amanda bought Ken Saint Andre lunch.
0: <laughs> yeah, what'd you what'd you buy him? It was like a, one, of those, one of those super chalupas. It was like the uh. big the big chalupa that's like an inch and a half wide.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was something crazy. <laughs> it like was like that.
0: the mega chalupa. So I mean. You know those memes? They're like, you may be cool, but you'll never be as cool as. I mean, here's the thing: you may be you may be a podcasting nerd, but you'll never be the kind of podcasting nerd that's been to eating Taco Bell with Ken Saint Andre talking about Star Trek. So deal with it. Hashtag full. Yeah, that was kind of
2: a wild conversation. I mean, at one point didn't he start bagging on Leprechaun too, which was kind
0: of hilarious. I don't know if he was bagging on it. So yeah, we got we did that, and that was a blast. And I'm still hoping to have Ken and Andre on the show. What then happened next? Now now let's get into the actual gaming. Now everybody's like heard us like fucking jacking each other off about like what who we got to hang out with, like a bunch of name droppers. Amanda, why don't you tell us about your Firefly session? You had that. That was the first thing that came up, right?
3: That was, and it was. Early in the morning for me, which was ten o'clock, and it actually it went pretty good except the room got really fucking loud. There were two other games in there, and one of them was Fiasco. Yeah, <laughs> I've never so- played
2: Fiasco. Is fiasco known for being loud. Yes, I've 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 heard that it's just like crazy.
1: It seemed like a common complaint was was room noise this
3: year. Yeah, and and I don't remember that being a really big problem last year. Jim actually came in at one point and talked to the room about noise because it was just so fucking loud.
0: Yeah, what's interesting is that the way Jim set up the con was to defeat the kind of the overwhelming kind of susurrus that you get in in a big con room. So I think he has some, some designs for the con to be a little bit different next year in terms yeah, of I how it's set up. I think in bigger
1: rooms you get that kind of drone to it. You can't pick yeah. out individual conversations. In the smaller rooms, it was very easy to have one loud voice where you were hearing everything that they were saying. Bummer.
0: Bummer. But so how did Final Firefly go? You you you, you you, you, were you were stoked to run this Firefly game with the vignettes. How did it go?
3: It went good. It went good. The p- the players were all really good. They were in the spirit of it, which was nice. Uh, it was really different from the one I ran at PhoenixCon, because in that game, I had some people that actually didn't even know what Firefly was. Um <laughs> But this game was good, everyone knew it, everyone was down. Um, The people had the right attitude for the world. So it was a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed it.
0: Well, I mean, tell us about your session. What happened in your session? Like, what kind of players did you get? Was there any notable kind of anecdotes that came from the session?
3: So, um, the captain, he actually did a accent, which was awesome. Really? Um, Yeah.
2: (laughs) So he did it well. It wasn't just like a bad accent.
3: No, he did it well. And he stayed in character. And it was pretty amazing, actually. And we had, uh, I think everyone except, I think it was just like a companion in The Shepherd we didn't have. No, they did good. I, I just ran them through a pretty basic, this person stole this, you know, get this. And then they also had to transport a seemingly innocent to a vessel, who of course she turned out to not be innocent, and she double-crossed them, and you know antics ensued. Was this th- this is a
0: adventure of your own design, right? Yes, y- you put this together.
3: Yeah, this one I just I put together. A lot of times I just put the story together. Just I haven't had great experiences with stories written by other people or modules. A lot of times they'll they'll be like like, oh, I'm gonna write this from this type of person which is not the type of person that's playing so like the wheel of time game which was written for
2: people <laughs> who were
3: heroes and the people playing were not here
0: but you do you really find that with with all with uh, with a lot of modules i mean you know what i think you're right when i ran pathfinder council of thieves it was definitely the same a same sort of thing where it was like oh you're a bunch of heroes and then everybody wanted to be kind of anti heroes. I mean, modules you just have
1: to... modules assume heroism a lot, I think, and, and they, that can be kind of grading for some of the people who aren't necessarily interested in playing that type of character. They
3: they really really do. Um, you if you're going to run a module, that's great. It takes a lot of work off of your shoulders, which is really nice. But you need to read that module through, and if if it's a group you know, you're going to want to make tweaks and stuff. You know, if I had, I did not read the Wheel of Time module all the way through before I ran it. Otherwise, there would not have been an option for you guys to stay in the inn and let the town peoples burn. <laughs> so
0: Shame, Amanda. You got to read the thing all the way through. You that's, do. That's GMing 101.
3: Well, this was way back in the day when I was still a, a young and untried gm i
1: see i <laughs> reject that's one the of the fun things about of... running books that are coming out in sequence is you don't necessarily know if one of the choices you allowed your players to make during the running of that game is going to contradict something that comes out in a later book which is something i ran into in transylvania chronicles where i was like oh yeah um, gonna have to fix that up yeah
2: <laughs> I reject the idea of the hero in D&D. Let's all just be murder hobos.
1: Oh, yeah. All right. Well, there we go. I mean, so the question of heroism in D&D presupposes yeah. a certain worldview, though. It's yeah. to the goblins, you're a mass killing monster.
0: Oh, God. And here we go. <laughs> we're, 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 we're having the D&D conversation, which is like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> well, it's, I it's was very happy that,
3: that all my players <laughs> in the Firefly game were not murder hobos. And they had the, the spirit of, hey, we're a crew, and we're going to get this done. Did
1: any of them wear a pretty bonnet?
3: No, but um, the captain did have a fancy jacket, so he got to use that a few times.
0: Oh, that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like a success.
3: I would call it a success. You, are you going
0: to use that, that, that module again if you do another con? If slash when you do another con, or are you going to write something new?
3: I would probably. Well, so this was only designed for about like a... It was a four-hour slot, but it only went, like, about three hours, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think I would tweak it a bit, maybe get a... There was some bad guys, the twins, get some more of them in there. They seemed pretty fun. So, yeah.
0: Cool. Cool. Great. Uh, on day one, after I got back from lunch, I went and got a seat at uh, Ben Warner's... Uh, play test for his new game that he's going to be kickstarting here soon. It's called Old West. That's like the working title. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't come up with a final title for it, but it's based on his World of Do system. And we spoke to him about a year or so ago at, at Leprechaun at Leprechaun about World of Do and about the work that he's done on Seven C and some other games for John Wick. Uh, but this was his game. Uh, and It takes place in a I, – I, I liked the fact that the game was called Old West and not Wild West. I think there's this, with all the kind of powered by the apocalypse and fate stuff that's been going on. There's been this like weird kind of influx of uh, like cyberpunk games. You noticed this? There's like a billion cyberpunk yep. games out there right now, and there's a billion fantasy games out there. I Where's
2: think something? like every every like month there's at least one or two cyberpunk games that <laughs> like that like try to kick.
0: It's it's an embarrassment of riches. How many cyberpunk games there are right now? And we're seeing a lot of, of sci-fi games. And I was kind of thinking to myself, when are we going to start seeing the Western games? There's nothing right now. There's not. But then all of a sudden, there's just this landslide of uh, Kickstarters. They're like for Wild West games. And they all kind of have the same kind of idea going forward, which is which is that sort of tombstone the Wild West was an action movie, kind of looked to them. And so the calling the movie Old West or calling the game Old West uh, really struck me because I was like, okay, so there's a possibility of running this game as a more kind of period piece with more nuance and more character
2: to it. Hmm. So... I um, you didn't even think about that, but that, that, that I see where you're coming from.
3: Yeah, the title definitely gives it more of a romantic feel, yeah. I would think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think kind of... It, it, I think it it makes you it, at least me anyway. It makes me think of it more of a historical thing rather than the sort of arch construct that is the Wild West. You know, from like the forties and fifties and the kind of the tales of of the white man. You know, and and his and his like his his glorious violence he commits on everybody <laughs> in the in the American Southwest.
1: What about the Wild Wild West?
3: Uh, yeah, I can't oh, hear Wild West without thinking about me. that
1: giant mechanical spider. Yes, wow.
0: get me, get me the fuck out Will of Will Smith. <laughs> um, for sale. One podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I got to play this game, and I had a blast. I love this uh, Wild West type stuff. It's uh, it, it always kind of resonates with me. It's fun. Yeah, I, I mean,
2: I I almost pledged Ace's name. I mean, I think I think it's a uh, it's a fun genre.
0: It is, it is. And I wanted to play Pledge Ace's names too, but the the how maniacally fiddly the system was it was just a huge turnoff. So I was like, fuck it. Um, but this this a narrative game. I'm much more interested in, and so it had uh, Ben had a bunch of pre-gens for us that we all got to choose from. And, uh, without fully reading my character sheet, I chose this one that he had kind of, he had two word summaries on the top of all of them. And the one I chose was the desperate desperado. And I was like, okay, that sounds like a Brendan concept. I can do something with that. And then I read down after I had chosen it and it was like, uh, the character's background was freedman slave. And I was like, oh shit. So I was like playing this kind of Django type character. Which I didn't realize going into it. You know, I had to kind of think on the spot, like what I was going to do with this, so it wasn't kind of like I didn't I didn't want to do like uh, like Shaft in the Old West kind of thing. And because because they say that that, that there were a lot more black cowboys than the, than than the fictional record kind of kind of talks about. Like there was a much higher percentage of them representationally or whatever than than you would see in movies and things like that. So there's lots of photographs and stuff. I'll have that to kind of mold what i was doing with the character and then we played like a really fun session it's a really fun session it's kind of uh, uh it's very narrative it has one of those kind of like narrative world building systems where everybody kind of pitches in some ideas about what they think should be in the setting and then you play through that stuff really quickly it was kind of like dungeon world in that regard but i played with some guys at the table who were really fun really fun people Uh, I had just gotten into a podcast like three days earlier called The Game's the Thing. I knew that it was a podcast that was by some people down in Tucson. and I was like, oh, I should see if these guys are around. But then I learned that the podcast had, had quit. They quit doing it in like two thousand fourteen and I was like womp womp because it's a very, very well done podcast. If you wanna they get the they get a lot of industry guys on talking about what they're doing and what they're developing. Like this dude, two two dudes to my left was the host. I was like I was like, Holy shit I'm listening to your podcast, like, right now. You know, like, I mean, it was a podcast that has been off the air for three years, and I was like, no, but I'm listening to it right now. It was a trip. And uh, so so check out The Game's the Thing. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's a very well-done podcast. And the uh, uh, his name's Ron. I got to play with Ron. He's a great guy. And we had a great adventure. It was kind of like a... Like a conflict over a deed, kind of thing, and then there was a there was a murder and some skullduggery, and we had to kind of figure out what was going on with the with the murder. And we did, um, and it did end in a giant gun battle. That did happen. So you, so,
1: f- you figured out what was going on with the murder, and then committed a then, bunch more murders. And we killed everybody
0: <laughs> with our six shooters. Well,
1: this crime has been solved. Let's create twenty more for someone
0: else to sort I, out. I, I, my character was like a kind of. It's fun because I ended up getting kind of like a social character, like manipulator, which was fun because it's kind of like to play anyway. The, the game is very lethal. You take like two hits and you're dead. and So I got hit once. i was like, fuck this. I'm out of here. And uh, me and the other guy who got hit once, we, we we booked it out of there. So, yeah, I had a great time playing Old West with Ben Warner. I think that we're going to, when when he's ready to kick that, I think we're going to have him on. He and I that talked about good. it and we're we're going to have him on to talk about the game.
3: That sounds like a fun game.
0: Hell yeah, man. It was a great time. Because you, you're a World of do fan, right?
3: I do. I do like World of do, But uh, weren't you saying it was different as far as how it works? He had a different... Um
0: well, here's the thing is I don't actually... Okay, that is what I will say about the game is that the dice mechanic was a little weird. It, has, it had a strange dice mechanic that had to do with like... You like rolled and you were looking for doubles and this kind of this kind of stuff and like so like the like, one one was, roll system I mean, it was it was kind of like um, maybe it wasn't doubles maybe it was like uh, evens and odds oh because
2: I know in tell K- you, we're tech, like, you're oh. for you're
1: looking for doubles or straights
0: the first hour or so was kind of figuring out this system and then once I figured it out then it was more fun I will say that I don't feel like there was I never felt like there were any big failures. I don't think we ever failed because he's not using the same system as World of do because the world of Do system is borrowed from John Wick and he wanted to, this to be like his thing. So I, I kind of I, I don't know maybe that's part of the whole like failing forward like ethos that kind of like John Wick and those guys kind of have. Maybe it's just because the difficulty level on the dice needs to be ratcheted up. Because I never really felt at any point like we ever actually failed. We might not have necessarily accomplished what it was we set out to accomplish, but again, we were always the the, the plot was always moving forward in some way. But it, it, it just felt too easy. That's just that that would be my one criticism.
2: On today too.
1: On today too.
2: We got to play with Justin Soroy. We, we played uh, beneath the inverted church. That's correct.
1: That's correct. Why don't you tell us about other it? And Ben showed up.
2: Yeah, other Ben showed up. There were two Bens at the table. There was I a
1: hoodwinked p- other Ben into showing up.
2: Yeah, then, you did. You did us a favor. Out of my
1: game to go <laughs> into your. He found town. out. He found out you were doing
2: My Little Pony, and that we were doing Beneath the Inverted Church. <laughs> it, it was, was Ponies uh, of Sin. Yeah, yeah. Let's,
0: It was Tales of Equestria with the, the Adam Hack. Yeah. But
2: yes. Yeah, and he decided that. Uh, hey, he missed out. Yeah. Well, here it was. I uh, hear it was really good. No, we did. We did Beneath the Inverted Church. It was. Uh, I hadn't actually. Um, so I own I own the scenario, but I haven't actually read it since we read the test copy that we got like a long time ago when we reviewed it.
0: Oh yeah, back when we got it like in the mail
2: or something, and it was just like yeah, was, yeah, like, all those like pages that we clipped together. Yeah, um, those were the days. Yeah, no, it it was uh it's interesting like sort of noting the differences that had happened during that. There was, there was sort of like uh, and some of them I asked him about like um like uh I remember we talked for. When we would do the episode about the sort of what I always consider sort of the test encounter, right? Where you like you find the uh, the the woman alone in the woods. Right. And then you're surrounded by the weird rapist guys. You mm-hmm. know? And that's sort of like the test encounter for your group where you're sort of like, are these guys gonna handle sort of the mature themes of this guy like being this demented rapist who like records it with art, you know? Like, what's gonna happen? Um and he 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 made it sort of a little bit more a little bit more out there with the sort of like the uh, the like weird art stuff going on and i think that was sort of to like and and i asked him if if that was in the and he said it wasn't in the scenario he just sort of did it that way because you know he wanted to sort of like make sure that people i i i think i think i don't know if you said this exactly but i think that was just sort of soften the impact of what was going on in the con sort of environment
0: yeah yeah i mean i've run beneath a little bit in the con environment and it's hard be- because, I remember you talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard because you just you got these people there you don't know the game is incredibly graphic. There's other people around who might be like walking by and they're gonna hear about like vaginas and whatever you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So
2: I, I, you just happen to get one of those descriptions of like one of the art pictures that you're looking at and it's yeah, totally fucking twisted and you're like I don't know. <laughs> if we
1: learned anything from Free RPG Day, it is that vaginas squick out
0: gamers yeah <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's really true um there's that great table in beneath that's like where you roll to see what's going on in the mirror and it's like yep. this it's like this two two com. It's, it's it's a three it's a three column table and you can kind of you, you mix and match shit to make perverse crap and you have if you're like yelling that out in a room you know, it can sound a little
2: weird. Yeah, we sort of had our own room, which was nice. It um, was nice. Yeah, the I mean, other game had gotten bumped from there and got bumped to some other area because it had a shortage somewhere else. So that well, was if nice.
3: If you're going to run a game like Beneath, you should have your own room. I mean, it makes sense.
0: Or you should be in there with another game that's that's full visceral slash erotic horror.
3: Yeah. You
0: know. And erotic horror, I will say, is hard. It's hard to run. Um, we were doing some erotic horror at vampire on Sun on Saturday. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a I thin think some line. of
2: the players got, uh, I, I'm not sure, but I think Chris might've been squicked out a little bit during that game. <laughs> I,
0: think, I think the same thing. I, I think, I think he was looking for the X card. He was like, he, I didn't put it on the table. I think he was ready. He was ready to, to, to start slamming that thing.
3: I remember playing a Zimacy and being warned by my GM that the next session, there was going to be some erotic stuff, and I, I should be prepared. And I was like, okay. And I came in the next session, ready. I'm like, okay, let's see what Brennan's going to throw at me. And then he totally wussed out, and was like, give me, I don't remember exactly what you said, but it was some very vague, generic cheese. And I was like, well, what happened to all the weird erotic stuff that you were supposed to go on?
0: Well, it wasn't like that on Saturday. <laughs> on no, Saturday. no, no, no.
2: Sa- Saturday was definitely like
0: uh <laughs>
2: yeah, Saturday
0: mm-hmm. was Saturday was very graphic and uh I um I probably should have had the X card on the table. It was it was in my bad for not. Next time. <laughs> there's been a lot of undead orgies in my games and this was just like just another one. Yeah. So As anyway,
2: back to beneath Beneath. Um, I was sad that we didn't get further in the scenario because there's stuff that happens later that I like. Some of the monsters that are inside the the inverted church, I was looking forward to seeing like his descriptions of and see what was going to happen with. But you know, it's time thing, so you can only get yeah. so far. It's um,
0: interesting. He ran almost exactly the same encounters that I did when okay. I ran it. When I ran it in a con setting, he he, it's just like exactly the same beats. It's like he brought it into the same spot and he pulled it out at just about the same spot. Okay. So that, that that's a that's a pretty good little little window in there. Those that first few that first few scenes.
2: Yeah, I got I got the feeling that that was definitely where he wanted to end it. Like he like, oh yeah, um, he thought about that definitely beforehand where it was gonna stop and that was where. But yeah, it's, it was fun to play in. Like I knew it would be. Um, you know, I I never played that like retro clone Black Hack. That was the first time I played that.
0: Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, you know, um, I had a good time with it. Uh, I've been kind of thinking about Lamentations of the Flame Princess again, and uh, there's a good possibility here, because you and I are talking about a little side project that we're thinking about getting off the ground, and we'll see. If that if that project has legs, then I'm going to resuscitate this old Lamentations campaign I was writing called um, The Rotting Throne. And I think I might drag and drop beneath into the middle of that. Because so some people have been asking me if I'm ever going to run it or if we're going to do like an actual play of it or something. And I'm like, I'm not going to run it until I get the second book so that I can put the both of them together, merge them into like a sandbox game. Sure. But uh, if if we if we start doing that that little side project thing, then maybe... Maybe I'll bust it out and kind of...
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later when we have when we have more more details flushed out, you know, and... Yeah, yeah. No sense in, like, blowing our load all right now.
0: No, no, definitely not, definitely not. God, we even want more. Adam, so, you, you, you ran Tales of Equestria I for the kids. I ran Tales
1: of Equestria for the children? <laughs> How'd um, it go?
0: How was, how was Tales of Equestria, man? So... About me.
1: I like to run
3: <laughs> weird games.
1: And I think Ben can attest to this. Sure. I like to run weird kinda off the wall bonkers gonzo kind of games.
2: Yeah, your Gamma World game is that's a perfect descriptor.
1: Gamma World, uh paranoia. And yep. so for this one, I had been talking up Tales of Equestria and it someone off as dared, a joke, me- right? Yeah, it started off as a joke. Someone dared me to run it at crit hit. Jim Miller dared me to run it at crit hit, and I said, All right. If you want Tales of Equestria at Crit Hit, I will run Tales of Equestria at Crit Hit. So I took um, Tales of Equestria, which is a My Little Pony branded game, and I uh, merged it with Clive Barker's Hellraiser. Um, Nice. So it was the puzzle box gets opened and then uh, Cenobites come through. And and pony Centibytes. and then it's a lot of like pony torture and mayhem. Amanda played in it. Uh, the girlfriend Heather played in it, and then a, another gentleman who was at the con played in it. And he had no idea what he's getting into. It yeah, he really didn't. But, but, because
0: that's <laughs> but, the thing. Like Heather and Amanda had been given kind of like, oh, here's this game that Adam's running. It's gonna be probably be weird in a. Good there was way. a
1: write up on the site. So yeah, he, yeah, it's not like there was no write up. It's not like. So the write up was so, great by the nobody way. Nobody knew.
0: So this dude like read it and he's like that sounds like it's right in my alley. Yeah. Hey, so good on him. Somebody read it and eh. said,
1: "Okay, I am interested in playing in this," so God bless him. And there were supposed to be a couple other people. They didn't they didn't show. I don't I don't know what happened there, but no big deal. He oh, did one really of them got good. busy. Um and so I ran this kind of bonkers off-the-wall My Little <laughs> Pony adventure of just mayhem and and pony torture and madness and chaos. And there was the Cenobites, and then there was an Inquisitor pony, Inquisitor Cabias, and then...
2: That, that was my favorite part of your write-up was friendship is magic, and magic is heresy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so so the idea is that the friendship is magic. the Ponies can't die because of their, their friendship power, so they're just being ceaselessly tortured by these Cenobites. And then the other ponies... Uh, had this tome, and they had to go find uh, the Necronomicon because everything in My uh, Little Pony uh, is puns. Oh. <laughs> it's it's like Maryland and 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 things like that, Philadelphia. So everything in My Little Pony is is named after a pun. So they had to go find the Necronomicon so that they could then come back and uh, dispel this uh, this great evil that was going on and and causing all the ponies to get tortured and and, and torn apart. So did they succeed? They did succeed. Uh, there were a number of, of failed rolls.
3: I like ones. <laughs> yeah, the,
1: if you roll a one, it's considered a, a failure. And you can spend friendship to reroll, or you can save your friendship for other stuff. So they opted to save it. And so uh, I, I put a madness mechanic into it. Because your your health is equal to you have three traits. You've got body, mind, and, and charisma or social. Uh, and so your health is equal to your body plus your mind. And so I said your your sanity is equal to your mind plus your social. And so when they'd roll a one reading the Necronomicon or dealing with the puzzle box, they would get in madness points added on. So they'd have to roll to see how many madness points they got as a result of whatever evil thing they had just subjected their tiny pony minds to.
0: How was it? How was it, Amanda?
3: You? It was you... a lot of fun. It was awesome. I'm I'm very happy I played in it. It was. I mean, there was only the three of us playing. Um, <coughs> I was a unicorn. Heather was a Pegasus. And then the other gentleman was an earth pony. Earth pony. So mm-hmm. he was, I, I guess, like the tough one. He could take more damage and stuff. But yeah, it was hilarious because they played their ponies so well. And um, the other gentleman hit his uh, element, I guess it was called. It was friendship. And so his pony was just this super nice. Right. So you get your elements
1: of harmony, which are things like (laughs) loyalty or friendship. Yours was magic. Mine was magic. So I could, you know, and then you get quirks, (laughs) which are things like, uh, Oh, shiny. You get easily distracted or something like that. And
3: so, but one of my favorite parts was now throughout this whole thing, he's been, Oh, you know, we've, we've got to help these people. You're my friends. And, and Heather's element was loyalty. So even though there were times that she wanted to just, leave us she was like i can't because i'm loyal um
1: yeah it caused her a great deal of stress
3: it it did it was pretty funny but (laughs) so there's so we meet these inquisitor guys we leave we get the necronomicon we come back and these inquisitor to see if they still have these other ponies that they were torturing and i didn't even know at the time because i don't know anything about my little pony but there's this thing spike which i thought was a pony but i guess it's a little like little
1: dragon little guy. dragon
3: dude that's like very kiddish looking he had been raped by the inquisitor
1: molested but sure <laughs>
3: but this is what sent the friendship the friendship pony guy over the edge and he <laughs> just started trampling the inquisitor in the mush <laughs> and he just kept going and going bad you're bad you're bad it was Awesome. I love the yeah, way wow. he played it. he did a great job. Wow. He did. It was pretty yeah. funny. Everybody
1: <laughs> played their character very well. So it was very interesting because they were playing them like My Little Pony characters in this god-awful horror scenario. So I was just sitting there watching it going, this is working better than I would have imagined.
0: It sounds like the level of buy-in was amazingly high. It was
1: really high, which was, I, I, I believe before I ran it, I said, this is either going to be a lot of fun or a complete disaster, which could also be a lot of
0: fun. <laughs> I have you considered writing this down as a hack? For you people? totally should. For, because it sounds like people really respond to it. Uh, uh the girlfriend Heather was like completely completely into it. Like I, I I was like how was it how was it? She goes, "It was amazing." <laughs> i was like <laughs> It was maybe I can't remember if it amazing or incredible Everybody one seemed to,
2: everybody seemed enamored with it I mean yeah. people were talking about it wanting to do live cast of this and stuff like that I mean I oh don't know. yeah people have asked for the live cast oh they? really
3: it was really <laughs> really <terrifying>. fun <laughs> it was great yeah. so
2: I'm supposed to run it again
1: for Jim and crystal Miller uh <laughs> at some point so we'll see like I'm supposed to run it again and then next year I'll probably I'll probably do Ponenberg ponies so
2: <laughs>
0: yeah uh Raymond Sempek, one of our um listeners mm-hmm. he actually wrote on the fm rpg page for uh uh hashtag rpg a day he wrote something like oh i want to do a uh my little pony game that's all full of like horror and bondage and killing and i was like yeah you and adam should talk because adam's actually <laughs> running that yeah, i've already done and it. he's like he's working on chapter two you might really consider writing the hack dude anyway was awesome. it sounds like it might be a thing
3: i love when princess What's her face got her face ripped off. Oh, oh yeah. Twinkle, Twilight Sparkle. Twilight yeah. Sparkle yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a <laughs>
0: sounds like a memorable <laughs> moment. <laughs> I like
1: the part where she came out at the end and was talking to you guys and I just gave her that horrible voice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well she doesn't have a face anymore, so yes.
0: Well, so we're talking about kinda like surprise hits at the con and uh, and the ponies of sin went over and house went over like a house on fire, but so did Kuro slash supernatural. Am I right? Yes. Like, I I, I because, because you, you pitched that on the, I think you pitched that on the show and we were all kind of, you know, teasing you about it. You all groaned it. and we, it
3: was amazing, you It was primo. I will definitely be doing it again. It was so much fun <laughs> and my players loved it. Your table was packed. My I walked, table was. I and w- we were there for a half hour after it was literally supposed to be done. And they stayed till the bitter end because they wanted to see the bitter end. And the last half hour was really just kind of story fluff. So, I mean, they could have left, but they were like, oh, it was awesome.
0: <laughs> no, it blew my mind because I left a little early and uh, I went in to see if you needed a ride. And I was like, what the shit is this? There was like, I mean, the the, the con was empty. People were like packing up their shit. People were rolling the fuck out of there. And then there's this one table that, that literally had so many people sitting around it that they couldn't all fit, and they didn't seem to care at all. Everybody was just like looking at you with like rapt attention, like, "Well, what's going to happen next?" So tell me, Amanda, how do you? What? What is it? What was the game about? What was it that had these guys drawn in?
3: I think it was supernatural, personally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you think, you think they were they were there for Dean and the other guy.
3: Yeah. So, uh, three of them were Supernatural fans. Um, one of them kind of knew what it was, and then two of them really didn't know what Supernatural was. They were, like, they're with friends. Okay. Um. So the one guy who I would say was the biggest Supernatural fan, um, he did he did great, and he ended up totally getting killed at the end by a demon, and I felt so bad for him because he was like, ah, oh, he was so disappointed. But um, I think it was really the supernatural aspect that brought in a lot of the fun. Basically, what I did was I had Sam and Dean there to help them out of this building. The no, sto-
0: oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Just to be clear, Kuro takes place in Japan. Yes. In a pre-cyberpunk fused with demon incursion dystopia. Yes. But th- then you put Sam and Dean there.
3: Basically, Kuro, like, (laughs) they've been cut off from the rest of the world. Okay. So, and I know you guys don't know much about the show, but basically I took it from the point of the angels needed to get someone from Japan that's been cut off in a bubble. They can't because it's cut off in a bubble, but they can get a portal to get humans in there. So they send in Sam and Dean, which is... (laughs) Did Why? they send in
1: their car? No. Oh, bummer. Baby wasn't there. Sorry. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's baby, a premise that's that works. It's a um, premise that works.
3: So basically how I designed it was for the players just to have to get out of this building alive. They uh, were basically all worked in a paper making building. that was six stories high. Paper making slash designing, I should say. Um, they started on the fifth floor. And really that was what they had to do was get out of there alive. One of them was the chosen one, which I randomly rolled for. Um, Sam and Dean show up a little bit after um, the, the ghouls and stuff first make themselves known. Um, And then it's just really them, Sam and Dean guiding the party and the party can make their own stupid decisions or not, which, you know, they did. They did split up at one point. But it was just so, so much fun.
0: is, is, is this is like kind of like a dungeon crawl then. This, well, is, a very, this is a very crawly a element crawl. to this.
3: Yeah, yeah. Sure. They just had to get out, really. And...
2: How many the of big, them lived?
3: The big overall was to get the Chosen One out, but they didn't know who the Chosen One was. They actually didn't even know about the whole Chosen One oh, thing. Interesting, Because they could have, at one point when they're talking to Sam... You know, and of course, you know, someone's going to ask what's going on. And I had Sam give him this vague answer about buildings being attacked by supernatural beings. And then I had them roll to, you know, see if they could sense that he was holding anything back. And they all rolled horribly. And I'm like, okay, you guys are fine with that answer. (laughs) So they didn't even know about it until they got to the first floor. And the demon that was there trying to kill... The Chosen One because he believed if he killed the Chosen One and got his soul, he'd be able to escape the bubble that he was trapped in in Kuro in Japan, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. And the end, uh, only one guy actually, well, no, two guys died because one of them got taken over by the demon and he ended up getting killed. One guy was paralyzed.
2: Were either of them the Chosen One?
3: The paralyzed one was the Chosen One.
2: Okay. So,
3: so so,
0: did he die? He did die. He did not die. Oh, but he made it out.
3: He did make it out. Um, basically, when once they got out of the building, there's all these sigils. And of course, Sam and Dean, uh, they break the sigils. So then, at that point, um, Castiel makes an appearance. Who is the angel guy? Right. And he's like trying to ascertain who the chosen, because the doubt de- the demon didn't know who the chosen one was, either. <laughs> And so then he's he's checking out the people that have lived, and he checks out the people that have died, and then he goes. And everyone else thinks that the guy who's paralyzed was dead. In character, um, the players, of course, knew he wasn't because I'd like, do you want to do anything? And he didn't. He didn't. Once he was paralyzed, he was like, I'm just gonna lay there. I'm like, you're not gonna try and talk, or I was like, you can move your head, you can breathe, but he just laid there, so everyone thought he was dead, even though he wasn't. He was the chosen one. Um, and then the survivors. Uh Sam and Dean, well, not Dean Dean just goes through the back to the portal and very disgusted because a whole bunch of crazy s- shit happened uh Sam's like, "Well, do you guys want to come with for whoever is alive and uh the one guy, the big fan that died, was very disappointed by this because he was like, "I knew it. we could' have gone back and become hunters, <laughs> so
0: do you think he'll run more of this, or do you think he'll run oh, it again?
3: Yeah. I will definitely run more of this it was a lot of fun this particular mashup yes i personally had a great time being sam and dean it was so much fun
0: i was gonna say is the big fun part for you that you get to do sam and dean
3: lines yes it was awesome and
0: and the table felt like you were carrying it they were actually
3: yeah and that was one of the the great parts while I was running it, is I would say something, and you would hear, oh, Dean would totally say that. And I'm like, yeah,
0: so that's you've, right. you've mastered the material.
3: Oh, it was it was joyous. Did they take
1: their shirts off? No, they next,
3: did not take their shirts off. The next step is I you need to get some floppy hair. First like that. I thought you were asking guy. if the players... No, <laughs> no, Sam and Dean. Off.
1: That's the next level
0: to, of mastery.
3: No, that's for the all-girls group.
0: Okay. <laughs> Duly noted. So anybody else have anything they want to say about... about Crit hit twenty seventeen.
3: It that was, was red. Awesome. It and was. I can't wait till next year. I think um, noise noise things aside, that it was even better than the first year. I agree. It
0: was I a agree. blast.
1: Can't wait to do it again.
0: Yeah, I really thought to myself, uh, going into it, I was like, Well, you know, it'll probably be as good as it was last year, I imagine. And then there's this part of me that's kinda wondering, like, oh, am I looking at it through rose colored glasses? Was I just kinda like high on the fun of podcasting and stuff last year and then this year was even better it was even better i mean they topped themselves i can't believe it i told jim so i was like i can't believe you topped yourself what are you going to do next year to do this again so um crit hit 2018 i'm already talking to jim about it we're already trying to get some wheels turning on it because I wanted to be even better next year That's right a great on time Anyway, this is where we're going to have to kind of call it We're running a little bit long And so, thanks for listening to another episode of Full Metal RPG If you want to get a hold of us Please don't hesitate to seek us out On the interwebs FullmetalRPG.com We're doing a lot of work on the old Facebook page FullmetalRPG on Facebook uh, I haven't been keeping the Instagram up quite as much as I used to But that's another great way to get a hold of me Because I, I do answer I think every 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 message I get on Instagram I answer So that's at FullmetalRPG on Instagram um, if you please want to write us an email FullmetalRPGofficial At gmail.com man, uh, And uh, you know, we're on iTunes We're on SoundCloud We're on the 15th of every month From the last day long, long If you haven't subscribed year, Please subscribe man If you haven't left a review yet Please leave us a 5 star review um, If you really feel like you can't Hit me up Let me know why And I'll uh, down, see what I can do And I'll out with that Thanks again for listening, it's been really great, and we'll see you guys again in a few days for Shoutouts from Radio Hour. Thanks again, have a good night. Hey. <laughs> hey! Peace out.
2: to meet you! Hope you my name! Oh, yeah! But what's you
0: is the nature of my game.
2: I stuck around St. Petersburg when I saw it was a time for change. I killed the Tsar and his ministers, at a station screamed in vain. I rode a tank, held a general's rank
0: when the. Yes,